Hello and welcome back to the Natalie Smith Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Let's get on to the episode. So today we're talking about how to improve your relationship with food. This is one of the most important and under-discussed topics in fitness. So often people talk about like calories and macros and weightlifting and all of those things are super important, but we have to address the underlying issues that a lot of people have, which is their mindset and their relationship with food. And those, if those problems aren't addressed, then any results that you see from fitness are not going to be sustainable. And it's really about getting to the root of that and fixing your psychological issues around food that's going to allow you to have sustainable fitness results and pursue your fitness goals in a healthy way. Because you can absolutely pursue fat loss and body composition changes in a healthy way, but it all comes from having a healthy relationship with it and having a healthy relationship with food. So that term in itself, like a healthy relationship with food, you know, I've heard people say things like, well, what do you mean by that? Or people don't necessarily understand that. Like, why would you have a relationship with food? It's an inanimate object. But what I mean by that is your mindset around food and how you view food and how you view yourself when you eat certain foods or when you practice certain behaviors around food. Kind of like not exactly the same thing, but like when people talk about your relationship with alcohol. I mean, obviously I'm underage, but you can have a healthy relationship with alcohol Or it can be an unhealthy relationship with it. So it's the same thing with food. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So I think first it's important to define what a healthy relationship with food would even look like. Because there can be so many definitions for that. And I think it is going to look different for different people. But I would say signs of that you have a healthy relationship with food are that you can... Number one, pursue fitness goals without it taking over your entire life, without having tons of anxiety and stress around it, and where it's just part of your life, but it's not becoming your entire life. Other signs would include being able to go out to eat and enjoy time with friends and even overeat without having a ton of guilt around it, Um, fueling your body with enough food and focusing majority, the majority of your diet on nutrient-dense foods, but also not beating yourself up, not associating certain foods with negative connotations, and also not using exercise as punishment or reward for food, for what you ate, not jumping around from diet to diet, having like a steady nutrition plan that works for you and supports you. I don't think that there's one way to define it. I think it's really just about your mindset and your intentions because a lot of times people will say that certain behaviors are inherently unhealthy or disordered, but I think that's pretty short-sighted because everything is so nuanced and we have to look at what the intention is and what your mindset around it is. So on the opposite side, let's talk about signs that you have an unhealthy relationship with food. So number one, if you are binge eating, that is definitely an indicator. If you are constantly restricting and depriving yourself and 
maybe that that can come in different forms like maybe you're trying to eat as few calories as possible or you're saying like I can never eat this food or having tons of rules and restrictions around food to the point where you feel deprived not being able to go out to eat with friends and family without anxiety not being able to eat certain foods without feeling anxious about them feeling out of control around food rewarding yourself or punishing yourself for what you ate using exercise or other things thinking that if you overate one day then you've just ruined everything these are all signs that you have an unhealthy relationship with food and this is unfortunately really common. A lot of people are not very educated around how to properly properly pursue fitness and nutrition. And there's just so much misinformation out there that can cause all of this stuff. But I think that it's important to know that you definitely can improve your relationship with food and you can develop a healthier relationship with it. It definitely does take work, it definitely does take time, but it's absolutely possible. And I've seen it happen before with myself, with my clients, and it's everyone deserves to have a healthy relationship with food, in my opinion. So the first step to improving your relationship with food is removing the labels. So stop labeling foods as good and bad, clean and dirty especially, things like that. So I totally get the intent behind this, like certain foods are obviously more nutritious than others and that definitely needs to be taken into factor. We definitely should be focusing mostly on nutrient-dense foods. I'm not one of the people that thinks like just have no guidelines around food, just eat whatever you want what, whenever, but like labeling foods does more harm than good. If you are labeling a certain food as good or bad, oftentimes this causes people to label themselves as good or bad for eating a certain food. It creates this morality around food. And so if you feel like if you ate something that you feel like is bad, then you feel like you are bad for doing that or you feel like you did something wrong or you are ruining something. And that is what causes people to fail. When you say I'm being so bad for doing this and you feel guilty about it, that's what causes these feelings of shame and can lead people to overeat or to over-restrict, and it perpetuates this whole cycle. And it all comes from you labeling certain foods as good or bad, because then you feel like you can't control yourself around those foods. You feel like if you eat it, it's going to ruin your progress, which perpetuates all of this fear around it. So also, these labels are pretty arbitrary. Like, foods can be good for some things and not so good for other things. And maybe a donut is not going to be nutrient dense, but having a donut with your family is going to be a good experience. It's going to make a good memory. It's going to be good for your soul and for your mentality and for your adherence. So food is not that black and white where we can just pin it down to one label. There are so many attributes of food, so many things that we use food for. So these labels don't even really make sense in the grand scheme of things. No one food in isolation is good or bad or healthy or unhealthy. It's really more about the context of your overall diet. That's why I use the terms like nutrient dense, less nutrient dense, or fun foods or whatever, more so than like good and bad. I think it's just more logical. You're not 
basing your food choices on emotion. Like, okay, I'm being good today, so I can only choose this good food. Rather, you're th thinking like, which food is going to support my goals? Which food is going to make me feel better? Which food is going to give me more nutrients? You're going to base it off of facts and logic rather than these arbitrary labels that you've created that don't paint the full picture. The next step to improving your relationship with food is to stop over restricting yourself. This is why incorporating your favorite foods into your diet can be so helpful. That way you don't feel so deprived of them. You don't feel like you're either eating all the foods or none of the foods. When it's sprinkled in throughout your week and you have that flexibility, these foods are taken off a pedestal. Also, when you remove the labels, you don't feel like it's this like novelty item that you like have to binge a bunch of it or you have to restrict all of it where you don't have any control. You can be around these foods and control yourself around them and eat moderate portions and not feel like you're constantly deprived and restricted all the time, which will then lead to overeating in the long run. So the next step to improving your relationship with food is to stop over restricting yourself. This is something that is so common, especially with the dieting industry. Like we see all of these insanely restrictive diets that set people up to fail. When you over restrict yourself to a point where you feel so deprived, you are like without a doubt going to overeat and going to swing the pendulum the other way. Whether that is over restricting your calories or it's over restricting certain foods. If you say like, I cannot eat carbs anymore, you're just going to be thinking about carbs. It's kind of like if you say, don't think of a white elephant, you're just going to think of a white elephant. If you do that with food where you're saying, I can't, do, I can't eat this, I can't think about it, it's just going to cause you to overeat on that food later on. And then you're going to think that you're out of control around that food and it's going to become a habit. And it, with calories, you know, your body needs calories to survive. So if you're trying to eat 800, 1,000 calories, even 1,200, depending on the person, most people should not be eating 1,200 calories, um, your body's going to, has this survival mechanism, right? It feels like it's not getting enough food, it's not getting enough energy, so you're going to end up binging or overeating because you're so hungry and so deprived. Whereas if you had just taken a more moderate approach, like eaten, you know, just in a small calorie deficit and not set, not taken out all these foods unnecessarily, you wouldn't have felt the need to binge or to overeat or to go way over because it's not based on these extremes. And incorporating those foods is going to look different for everyone. Some people might be able to have them more often in their diet. Some people might need to focus more on other foods, but it's really about the intention. Like, why are you choosing certain foods? Are you choosing this food because you think it's good? Are you choosing this food because you think it's the only thing you can eat and other foods are bad? Or are you choosing it because it supports your goals more? And I think just reframing that language and the way that you talk about food, the way that you talk about yourself is really important. Never saying like, I can never eat this food in my life, it's off limits for good, because that's not ever going to help you. That's just going to make you think about that food more and your body feels restricted and it's anticipating that you're restricting it. So you're just going to crave it even more. But when you take it off a pedestal and you say, I can eat this food, I'm allowed to have this food in my diet, oftentimes that's going to 
make you not crave it as much because it doesn't feel like this all or nothing thing. Getting to that place definitely takes work. For some people that might even look like, okay, I'm just not going to buy this certain food for a while because I want to show myself I can get by without it. I don't need to have this certain food. I'm going to focus more on other foods. But the difference is all in the intention, like I said. So the goal is never to remove foods from your life. And then, you know, as far as restricting calories, like obviously you need to be in a calorie deficit if your goal is to lose weight, but that calorie deficit should not be extreme. It should not be where you are starving and ravenous all the time. And you should be taking breaks here and there as well. You're not supposed to be in a calorie deficit 24-7. Moving on to my third point on how to improve your relationship with food, stop pursuing fat loss year-round. This is so common, especially with women, is like always being focused on fat loss, always having the goal to be in a calorie deficit. And going back to what I said before, your body cannot survive on a calorie deficit all year round. And this is why a lot of women fail when they try to lose weight if they're always trying to be in a calorie deficit because you're not going to be able to stick to it. Your body is trying to keep you alive. So it's going to make you think about food more. It's going to make you eat more food because it doesn't want you to be in a calorie deficit all the time. And this can lead to overeating. It can lead to binge eating. It can lead to going off track with your diet or even, you know, taking like bites here and there and just having this constant obsession with food this is a sign that you are not supposed to be pursuing fat loss right now. You're not supposed to be in a calorie deficit. You should be spending the majority of your time at maintenance rather than in always pursuing a deficit. You're literally in a calorie deficit. You're feeding your body fewer calories than it needs to sustain itself. And doing that in periods to lose fat is not a bad thing. It's not going to kill you. But if you're always pursuing fat loss and you're always thinking about restriction... Not only is that physically unsustainable, but mentally, it screws with your relationship with food. It creates this mindset of always needing to restrict food, always needing to eat less. And that's not what food should be about. There's so much more to fitness and there's so much more to food than fat loss and restriction and calories. And when you break it down to just being about that into constantly being in this habit of restricting It happens time and time again. You're going to develop an unhealthy relationship with food. You're going to feel more deprived. You're going to feel like you can't enjoy social events because you might go over your calories. You're going to feel guilty for eating more calories. Like, especially with middle-aged women, I've seen this, like, who have been focused on dieting their entire lives, and then they finally take a diet break. They finally take a period at maintenance where they're focused on fueling their body and getting stronger. It's one of the biggest game changers for your relationship with food and your body and fitness. And as a result, your body composition changes as well because you're adding more muscle. It's really hard to build muscle in a calorie deficit. So spending time at maintenance is going to help you do that. And you're going to feel stronger and have more energy and have more flexibility. There's so many benefits to it. Again, I'm not saying that fat loss and a calorie deficit is bad and that you can never focus on it, but it just should not be your main focus 24-7, 365 days a year. You need to spend 
periods of time eating higher calories and taking away all of that restriction. Step number four to improve your relationship with food is to never beat yourself up for going off track or overeating. This is really important, especially if you're just getting into fitness, to have your expectations right. You are never going to be 100% perfect with your diet, with your calories, with your workouts. There are going to be things that come up in life where you're going to go off track, where you're going to overeat, whatever it is, and that's okay. Eating more one day or one week or two weeks or going on vacation is not going to ruin your progress. Your progress was not built in a day or a week, so you can't lose it in a day or a week. And that's really important to be aware of so that you can enjoy these social events and enjoy birthdays and vacations. This is important for you to know so that you can enjoy these social situations and these special events without feeling guilty about it and without depriving yourself or restricting or spiraling or anything like that. What you do most of the time is what matters most. So, you know, if you're being 80% consistent, having a few days where you go off track here and there is not going to hurt your progress. Yes, it might take longer to reach your goal, but if you try to be 100% consistent, that's not going to be sustainable in the long run anyways. So it's much better to create a sustainable lifestyle towards your goal where you can have these days off track here and there when life happens, but be able to maintain the result even though it'll take longer than to try to be 100% consistent, develop an unhealthy relationship with food and not be able to sustain the results at all. So the best thing that you can do when you go off track is to simply get back on track the next day and not beat yourself up for it, not say that you are a failure, not shame yourself, not guilt yourself, just get back on track. Because what happens when you try to restrict yourself, like let's say the next day you're like, okay, I'm just going to slash my calories to 600 today and I'm going to do two hours of cardio. You're going to be starving and you're going to be so deprived that you end up overeating or binging and then you feel guilty about that and then you try to restrict yourself again and it perpetuates this cycle. Or another thing, sometimes people, if they go off track, then they'll feel like they've failed and they messed everything up. So they'll say, whatever, I'm just going to overeat for the next five days and then I'll just get back on track on Monday. And then it perpetuates this cycle again where they feel like they messed up. But you have to know that you cannot mess up. You did not ruin your progress because you ate some extra ice cream and chips and pizza one day because you can't... Because what you do most of the time is what matters most and what will determine your success. Step number five to improving your relationship with food is to find ways to cope with your emotions. So... And create more awareness around food, basically. So something that a lot of people struggle with is like emotional eating, stress eating, and boredom eating. And there are a lot of different things that you can do about this. It is definitely going to depend on the person. I think that the first step, though, is realizing that food is not your only coping mechanism. And that food isn't going to solve your problems. If you are stressed out, food is not going to solve your stress. So I think the first thing would be to address whatever emotional issue that you're having. Is it boredom? Is it stress? Is it sadness? And find a way that you can fix that problem or cope with it at least that doesn't revolve around food. 
And maybe that's going to be journaling, maybe it'll be talking to someone, maybe therapy, maybe taking a bath, going for a walk, something that's going to help you with that problem. And if it's something like boredom or stress that you're having um, all the time, constantly, find a way to fix that issue itself. It's all about finding the root of the issue. And I mean, of course, there's going to be times in your life where you're bored, where you're stressed, and where you're sad. That's totally normal. That's part of the human experience. But finding basically other solutions that you can do other than just going to food. And then from there, also telling yourself that, you know, sometimes you might stress eat or boredom eat or emotionally eat. And if you do, don't beat yourself up. So like I mentioned before, never want to restrict or guilt yourself for eating more one day. It's not going to help you. Just simply move on, get back on track. And base, and every time that you do stress eat or boredom eat, Find out what caused it. How were you feeling? What were you thinking in that situation? So that you can better prepare and plan ahead for next time. And then if you are getting the urge to stress eat, to boredom eat, to emotionally eat, in that moment, set a timer for 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, go distract yourself. Use one of your other coping mechanisms, whether it's going for a walk, calling a friend, talking to someone, something like that. And in when the 20-minute timer goes off, if you still want to emotionally eat, if you still want to boredom eat, if you still want to stress eat, you can do that. But it's really about stopping yourself and creating the awareness around it, creating the consciousness that is going to help you long-term. Because most of the time, if you are more conscious about it and you're more aware of it, you're going to decide. The logical part of you is going to be like, okay, I don't need food right now. I'm not hungry, I'm going to go find something else to do, and then you'll be a lot less likely to actually emotionally eat in the end. Okay, step number six to improving your relationship with food is facing your fears. So there's going to be different things that people are afraid of depending on what your situation is, but whether that's afraid of going over your calories, you're afraid of going out to eat and not knowing the calories on the menu, you're afraid of a certain food, you're afraid of ice cream or pizza or you think it's going to ruin your progress or it's not clean or whatever, or you're afraid to skip a workout or you're afraid to stop tracking your calories. Whatever your fear is, face it head on. And this is obviously way easier said than done, but everything in life is. Like the only way that you can get over these fears and overcome them and improve your relationship with food is to face them. Avoiding them is only going to make it worse. You're not ever going to overcome it if you don't ever face these fears. So that's definitely, like I said, way easier said than done and it's kind of oversimplified and it's going to be different depending on the person. But like, Whatever it is, you have to expose yourself to the thing that scares you. So if you're afraid of going over your calories, then deliberately go over your calories by 500 one day. Or if you're, or even 200 or 300, start small and you can build up over time. If you're afraid of not being 100% perfect, then deliberately schedule days into your plan where you go off track. If you're afraid of skipping a workout, then skip workouts here and there and plan those in. Come up with ways that you can face these fears and hold yourself accountable to them. And 
include it as part of your plan. Even if you're focusing on a certain fitness goal, if you are afraid of one of these things, create a goal to face that and find a way to reward yourself for facing it. Find someone who can support you if you need it. But basically, you have to face your fears. Whatever it is, the only way for you to overcome it is if you face it. It can be scary, but it is seriously so worth it. You learn so much and then you realize like nothing bad happens. You're okay. And the only way for you to really internalize that is to experience it. Like even if you hear, you know, going off track one day is not going to ruin your progress over and over. It's totally different when you actually experience it, when you actually face the fear of going off track. And then the next day you realize nothing happened at all. You're still the same person. And it's kind of, it's denying this belief that you have. It's hard evidence right in front of you that denies this fear in your brain that you've been telling yourself. And you're just like, oh wait, that I actually don't need to be afraid of that. There's nothing wrong with that. And slowly but surely, these fears decrease and you're not so scared of it anymore. Okay, so the last step to improve your relationship with food that I'm going to be talking about today in this podcast is to cut out the things that are not serving you. So maybe that's calorie tracking, maybe that's working out seven days a week, maybe that is your Apple Watch, maybe whatever it is. Identify what is not serving you right now and take that away for a brief period of time or for good. You kind of have to decide what makes sense to you. So even though I think that calorie tracking, for example, can be a really good educational tool around food, if it is causing you to binge eat, if it is causing you to have this restrictive mindset, then don't track your calories. You don't have to be tied to this one method and you are going to go through different phases in your life where different things are going to work for you. Maybe it's not working for you now, but it could help you in the future. Maybe you need to focus on something else right now and maybe come back to it down the road. Your goals and what is going to help you out, it's going to fluctuate throughout life. And you don't have to be so stuck in this one method and feel like if you're not doing that, then you're failing. There are so many ways to go about this and everyone should be treated individually. So If there's something in your life that you know is causing and perpetuating this unhealthy relationship with food, then cut it out. Even if you feel tied to it, even if you feel like you should be doing it, it doesn't mean that you need to remove it forever, but take time away from it and focus on what is is going to serve you, what is going to help you out. Focus on improving that and then maybe later you can try calorie tracking again. You can try it having an Apple Watch again. But if it's really not serving you right now, focus on improving your mindset around it, focus on other things, and take it away at least temporarily so that you can better do that and improve your relationship with food. This process and journey is definitely not easy, but it is so worth it. Like I said, I think that everyone deserves a healthy relationship with food and you can work on it and you can improve it. The last point that I want to make is that it's really important to recognize it. So recognize your progress in your relationship with food. Recognize when you are noticing these positive changes, when you are able to go out to dinner and not have anxiety, even though you usually do, or maybe when you felt like you needed to emotionally eat, 
but then you chose to do something else and you used a different coping mechanism. But look for these signs of progress. Look for them actively and celebrate that your success. Reinforce like, hey, this is working. I'm improving my relationship with food. I am getting better. I'm doing this. Reinforce that to yourself. That's super important because it's so easy to feel like I'm not making any progress. I'm not doing any better when you actually are. We are our own worst critics. And you really need to be paying attention to the fact that you actually are making progress and looking for it and celebrating those successes. And then I kind of have to say this beyond that, if you think that you might have an eating disorder or you have issues or anything like that, definitely seek out a therapist, a counselor, someone who can help you one-on-one with this stuff. Like there's a lot of things that definitely go beyond my scope. So make sure to do that if you think that you might need it and get the help that you need. That wraps up this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you and I'll talk to you soon.